This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, here's Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, August 31st, final day of August. Wherever and however you're connected, always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside truck driver in training and a man who frankly wishes he was eastbound and down, Jason Shepard. Ah, Smokey and the Bandit. Great movie. Way back in the day. (laughs) Way back in the day. Dating yourself, Jason? No, no. Um, You know, you can go back and watch movies that are older (laughs) than you, you know? I'm with you. I love that idea. Like, you say, like, oh, I like that movie. And you're like, oh. You must be super old then. <laughs> like, like, you know, there's no. this thing called on demand <laughs> where you can watch things. Fair enough. Well, by the way, the movie people would be surprised that you've never seen. Like that it's nev- like like it's been around forever that you that you've never seen. That I have never seen. Think about that. Let's get let's get back to that later okay. on. You think about that. Yes, that's a great question. Yes. Because, look, eastbound and down, obviously, we're referring to uh, the, the, the trucker lingo. Yes. Uh, and obviously now with, uh, with football season nearby, uh, with just a couple of days, as a matter of fact, the BYU equipment truck on the way, Hal and crew uh-huh. on their way. You see a picture there leaving town. And I have to say, it's very exciting for me personally this morning mm-hmm. uh, that they are in Kansas City. Oh, they've arrived in Kansas City. They were City. driving through Kansas City. There's a picture of the beautiful Kansas City Temple. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool uh, that they were uh, in my old stomping grounds. All is well yes. indeed, Jason. What I really need to do is see if I can get a message to Hal. I'm sure they're through and past by now, but I really needed him to head over to Arrowhead, wait for the <laughs> team store to open up, and, and get me a couple of uh, fresh new shirts for the upcoming season of uh, Chiefs football. You don't have enough Chiefs gear already? Look, can you ever have enough gear? <laughs> Fair enough. Just cycle some out, right? Right? <laughs> Bring in the That's new the stuff. Works. Yes, the very young and freshly faced Jason Shepard needs some new Chiefs gear. <gasps> and we need to introduce today's show lineup. It is loaded midweek of game week. What is an acceptable score for BYU against USF? Are you part of the just win by one point crowd? Or do you feel like BYU needs to go and make a statement? What's acceptable in your mind? Big 12 Conference opening negotiations with Fox and ESPN about their new deal. What does that mean for BYU and for the Big 12 versus the Pac-12 conversation? Clark Barrington, star offensive lineman for BYU, goes one-on-one in his all-access camp interview to discuss BYU preparing for the heat, humidity, and probably rain and muggy conditions. What are they doing to get ready for that? And don't forget Deep Blue with Lopini Kato. I told you it was loaded. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Everyone's talking about it three days away from kickoff between BYU and USF in Tampa, Florida. And as we all know, the Cougars will face a familiar foe in former Baylor quarterback Gary, don't call me Jerry Bohannon. BYU head coach Kalani Satake discussed facing the new USF signal caller. He has a really good coaching staff. You know, the head coach, Jeff Scott's a really good coach and has that Clemson background. So I'm pretty sure they're going to they're gonna find ways to, to give him uh, big plays and big, big uh, possibilities. We just need to limit them and then find a way to disrupt his timing. 
Yeah, not just a, a new quarterback for the Bulls, but also a new coordinator. So uh, yes, should be very interesting coming up on Saturday. Jason, we were watching this closely. The final round of NFL cuts made yesterday. The Kansas City Chiefs, who we just talked about, not surprisingly waived Matt Bushman. Zane Anderson was also on the wave list. The Cowboys waived James Empey. The Patriots waived NFL veteran Harvey Longy, and the Colts waived a trio of Cougars, Samson Nakua, Chris Wilcox, and Tyson Williams. Which one of those guys, if not multiple, is most likely to make a bounce back and end up on a roster? We'll discuss that later in the show. The news this morning coming out that the Big 12, uh, and they officially announced it after reports came out earlier, that uh, the Big 12 will begin early discussions with its multimedia partners, Fox and ESPN, on an extension of its media rights. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark said, quote, it's an exciting time for collegiate athletics, and given the changing landscape, we welcome the opportunity to engage with our partners to determine if an early extension is in the best interest of all parties, end quote. Now, negotiations were originally expected to begin in early 2024, with the current deal set to expire in 2025. More on that coming up in What's Trending. In Brett Yormark, we trust. Yes. The United Soccer coaches poll out for all to see, and the coaches have ranked BYU women's soccer number six following a 2-0 win at then 20th ranked Ohio State and a 2-2 draw against then number 25 Colorado. The Cougars, 2-0-1 on the season, will host Alabama. We want Bama! Yes, we want Bama. Uh, Olivia Wade on this show yesterday said, I want Bama. Okay, Bama is three spots out of the top 25. Pretty good team coming into Southfield tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and uh, BYU Radio. Women's soccer captain Jamie Shepard was named to the College Soccer News National Team of the Week. Shepard leads the team in goals, having scored three of BYU's five goals on the season. BYU men's cross country ranked number two in the mountain region behind perennial power Northern Arizona. The women ranked third behind New Mexico and Colorado. The coaches poll will be released later today. Women's volleyball ranked seventh in the latest AVCA coaches poll. The Cougars will host the BYU Nike Invitational this weekend, beginning tomorrow night at 9 Eastern against Utah State. BYU will host Cincinnati on Friday and 10th ranked Pitt on Saturday. Woo. You can watch all three matches live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. So when the cross country polls come out later today, I fully anticipate BYU will have four currently ranked teams in their respective top 10. Let's today. go, let's go. Pretty good, it's pretty good. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. As we just mentioned, the Big 12 Conference has opened negotiations with Fox and ESPN, their TV partners, to explore the new contract for the new Big 12. Now, many didn't anticipate this happening until next summer, Jason, but... Brett Yormark and the Big 12 want to get a head start on this and certainly want to discuss things while the Pac-12 has opened up their discussions just probably to see kind of where those monetary values rank. In fact, the Big 12 conference tweeted out the following to make it official. The Big 12 announces it will be entering into discussions with its multimedia partners to explore an accelerated extension of its current agreements. Pete Thamel added, this could potentially mitigate one of the Pac-12's advantages in the marketplace. Your mark is doing what he should be doing, 
trying to gain an advantage. Max Olson, Big 12 Insider, added, Makes a lot of sense for ESPN and Fox to get this started early so they can understand the full landscape. The Pac-12 and Big 12 are the only Power 5 leagues on the market in the next five years. Okay, Jason, now that we've read through those tweets, you've got some perspective. What does it mean for the Big 12 to open up their media negotiations at this point? Uh, a couple of things. First and foremost, whether this results in any sort sort of extension or anything like that, this is mostly a fact-finding mission. And we we saw this, you know, over a month ago with the Pac-12, who you know, and and they you know were touting the fact that they were first to market. They had the exclusive negotiating rights because nobody else was negotiating with their with their media partners. So we kind of got to see what this looks like a little bit watching them go through this. But make no mistake, this is also a play by the Big 12 to muddy the waters, so to speak, and not allow the Pac-12 to have exclusive or exclusivity in terms of dealing with their multimedia partners. The Big 12 now comes in and starts to get some of that attention from Fox, some of that attention from ESPN. And now, as I mentioned, a fact-finding mission, you find out where the, the two uh, media partners feel the Big 12 is. You can then start throwing out scenarios. Okay, well, if we add X number of schools, or if we add two, if we add four, then you can go even further. If we add this school and this school, what does that do for us from a financial standpoint and in terms of how you view us? That's what this is all about. Even if they don't come to an agreement, this is a really important step in just finding out where Fox and ESPN view the Big 12. The word of the day in regard to this topic is proactive. Yep. Yes, and why would we believe that Brett Yormark, who said in expansion talks, we're open for business, wouldn't be open for business to accelerate this contract right now. Yes, this is exactly what the Big 12 should be doing right now. Throw it out there. Let's open it up. Let's discuss. Why wait and then have to be on a time crunch of sorts when you have extra time? You got ample time. You know what's going to happen. You know the four teams coming into the conference. You know the Texas and Oklahoma are leaving in 2025. Let's just discuss now. Let's figure it out. And so, yeah, this, this kind of seemed like a no-brainer. For sure, any good businessman, and Brett Yormack is certainly that as the new Big 12 commissioner, is going to do this. Now, what this is not, Jason, and I've seen this kind of leak out on social media this morning, this is not a guarantee that the Big 12 conference is surely looking to expand and add teams. Of course not. It's not the guarantee. Like, media rights and expansion can be exclusive from each other. They don't have to go together. So this is not saying oh, Big 12's accelerating this because they want to expand and they want more money. No, certainly that's in their minds. It's potentially part it's of the conversation. It's one of the options. Yeah, but it's not a guarantee that, oh, here we go. It's a, They're going to add teams for sure. It is not that. This is just a good business move. All right, let's uh, turn our focus to the actual game coming up on Saturday, BYU and South Florida, and uh, it's in how many days? Countdown to the Bulls. Three days away. Three. Three days away. Trey Bien. Three days BYU away. BYU football back in action. And this was pretty interesting. Uh, Bill Connolly's SP Plus projections for week one has BYU beating USF by a final score of 37 to 20. Uh, so I'm doing the math. So a 17 point It's fine. Jerem's not here. It's fine. It's fine. So a 37 to 20 final score. 
Is that an acceptable win for BYU, in your opinion? And if not, what do you believe is an acceptable final score for BYU against South Florida on Saturday? Certainly a victory by the margin that shall not be named (laughs) is acceptable, Jason. Steve Voldemort of of scores? Yes. Spreads? I I shall not say the specific number. You're all smart. You can do the math. If it is by the score that shall not be named – all right, hallelujah. Maybe it's the end of the curse, okay? Frankly... Do you think Bill Conley did that on purpose? <laughs> Is I, he sticking it to BYU? Uh, yeah, Bill has been on the show multiple times. We're, We're like kidding, Bill. of course. Great We're kidding. Guy. No, this is purely a mathematical formula that just so happens to have BYU winning by that specific margin. Uh, I am of the opinion, Jason, that if BYU wins by one or they win by three or they win by seven or they win by ten... They just have to get out of South Florida with a victory. So they're 1-0 coming back to Provo to take on what we believe, unless some crazy thing happens against Albany, a top-10 Baylor team. It'll be weird if BYU has to go down to the wire and let's say they have to kick a field goal like with a few seconds remaining to walk off and win that game. And it's like, oh, whew, survival, relief. And then we're like, oh, man. BYU maybe didn't play as well as we thought they were going to play, and there might be additional concerns going into Baylor. So, like, I'm okay with just any win, but I am not ignorant of the idea that if BYU has to go down to the wire at USF, that there won't be some significant concerns that are rising. Because, if, frankly, if BYU is a top 25 team, Jason, it should not be a one-point game. It shouldn't be. Yeah. And they are a 12-point favorite, give or take, depending on which line you're looking at in Las Vegas. If BYU wins by one, then, yeah, it's going to bring up some question marks. Like, if if they're as good as we think they are, it should not be this close. So, for me, I am hoping, I am hoping for at least a two-score win, which would mean nine points or more. Spencer, my friend, uh, I am a simple man. Okay. Not really, but for the purposes of this conversation, let's just run with it. (laughs) All I want is a victory. That's all I want. So, you and I are on the same page with that. At the end of the day... If BYU comes out with a victory, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be able to go on with my Saturday sure, feeling yeah. pretty good. Yeah. But I'm with you. We know how good this team should be. And so I do have higher expectations in terms of what I want to see, certainly on the offensive side of the football. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, I would love to have a score that shall not be named final you know, spread. <laughs> That would be awesome, you know? And quite frankly, I think it's very possible Yeah, yeah. with what we know of this team. So, yeah, I'm going to be happy with any victory as long as it's a win, which we all are expecting in this game. But because of what we know, yes, I do expect this to be with at least, you would think, 10 to 14 points. That's kind of what you go in assuming. Two scores. Yeah, so I'm saying nine or more points. I'd be like, okay, this is kind of what I expected. I think South Florida is better than most people and most preseason projections are saying that South Florida should be. You cannot overlook an opponent, especially game one. But BYU goes in as the better team and should win this game. South Florida is a good team. Uh, And I'm not saying that BYU won't trail at any point in this game. They could very well trail. However, we talked with Trevor Maddich earlier this week, and he said, look, establishing a lead early is going to be critical, especially in a game where heat, humidity, 
and probably some rain on and off, if not a steady downpour during the game, is going to be a factor. That's the thing that we have no control over. BYU South Florida, they have no control over what the weather is going to be. And if, frankly, if it's like a deluge and like there's these late summer storms coming in, it's the rainy season in Florida. If Maybe that, it's you. If that Your happens, trip to New York, rain. You're going to Florida, expected rain. Are we sure it's not you that's Came back taking... to Utah, it was raining. Okay, I, I think don't know. we figured it out. I came I to bring the rain. It, I think we figured it out. <laughs> so well, it, let's it, hope BYU rains down touchdowns on Saturday. Jason, if if if, if rain is in the mix, it's just an ugly game, whatever. It, we, we will excuse a close win. But if it's like fair conditions, BYU 9+. plus. Yep. Let's go. All right, our question of the day. You've heard what we said. Nobody better say the score that shall not be named. <laughs> What is an acceptable final score for BYU against USF on Saturday? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Braxton Duncan on Instagram says USF has developed. I agree. I bet they go from a two-win season last year to a six-win season this year, so I would say 35-17 BYU with the win. Okay, that's 18. Now, 18 is a number we can discuss, Jason, on this show. Yes. Okay? No curses involved with 18. I thought the biggest issue, though, was the plus part of that number. <laughs> it's I just, thought the number it's by the itself number. was fine, no, but no. when you, go, you no, add the plus no, no. It's is start, when things got, let's, let's stay away from the it. the actual number. Okay. Doug H. on Instagram says simply, just win, baby, in the words of the late Al Davis, former Raiders owner. We don't need to mention the Raiders on this show. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> All right. Did you miss the season debut of BYU football with Kalani Satake with Greg Rubel talking to the coach and the quarterback, Jaron Hall? They were looking ahead to the USF game. You can catch it anytime on the BYU TV app. And coming up, what's Jaron Hall like in the huddle from an offensive lineman's perspective? I asked Clark Barrington that very question. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are live in Studio C. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Just kidding, it's Jason Shepard. <laughs> Just make it so you're paying attention. Okay. <laughs> I did look down on the script to see if it was in there. <laughs> I only say that. I only because, say that because of the name, that the number yes. that shall not be discussed. Well, on I this almost show. said you were Ron Burgundy reading what was in the script, but it's, it actually is no, not no. in the script. No, no, it no. Says, it says Jason Shepard. Well played. <laughs> Well played, yeah, Dave McCann. I saw you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, high energy today. Three days away from BYU at USF. What's an acceptable final score? We want you to tell us. Continue to send in those responses. In the meantime, on Monday, ESPN's Trevor Mattis joined us to discuss, among other things, the BYU offensive line and just how good this offensive line could be. Take a listen. I expect to see the offensive line perform like we think they will. This offensive line is as deep and talented as I've ever seen there, and they have a chance to be one of the greatest O-lines ever to play at BYU as a group. 
That is quite the statement. Such high praise. From a man who was the starting center on the 1984 national championship team here at BYU. So, I mean, there are compliments, and then there are compliments, right? Well, Clark Barrington is part of this offensive line that is hoping to live up to these huge expectations. I spoke with him one-on-one, BYU Sports Nation, all access. Here is offensive lineman Clark Barrington. Clark, you clearly are a backwards hat guy, and it takes a certain player with moxie to pull that off, which you're doing right now. Have you always been the backwards hat guy? Um, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, when I usually wear a hat, it's usually backwards. So. Fair enough. It's, it's that simple. It. I, I shouldn't doubt yeah. it. I look at your mustache, too. And so, I mean, the combo of both is very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, you should have some moxie because you're on the offensive line and it's a position group that's gotten a ton of offseason love. Um, We've talked with all of you about it. Uh, The media can be viewed as poison and you don't want to read into that. But how do you handle that personally when you hear not just accolades as a group, but for you as well as a projected NFL draft pick? Yeah, um, you know, personally, and I think even just as a group, we understand that, you know, these accolades and things, you know, they they were kind of given to us for a reason and they're not going to be there in, after the season if, if there wasn't a reason for it as well. So, you know, we're just keeping our minds focused on what's most important and that's going on and playing well and playing as a unit and, and doing the best we can and, and let – the awards or accolades or whatever it may be follow you know and 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 hopefully we can can do that and play as well as as we hope to play so maybe it's just the responsibility of your brother Campbell to keep you humble right <laughs> yeah yeah he does a good <laughs> job of that try to push myself to stay ahead of that guy so <laughs> fair enough Clark Barrington is with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's game week. I'm sure that it's hard to put into words just how excited and thrilled you are to be nearing an actual game. It's how it is after every training camp and the grind that uh, is involved there. But you're going to a place that's going to be hot. It's going to be humid, muggy. There's a 50% chance of rain. Yeah. Um, How do you prepare for those types of scenarios and conditions when you're in Utah and you know it's coming, but it's just so different. Right. Right. We, you know, we're doing our best, the best we can to prepare, um, you know, whether it be wet ball drills or practicing in the afternoon when it's hottest. And and we're doing the things nutrition-wise and, and hydration-wise to, to prepare our bodies and, and our minds. So so when we are there, you know, we, we stay sharp and, and we perform the way we should perform. So, you know, we're doing everything we should do to prepare and, and hopefully we'll pay off. Let's say it rains. Does that give BYU an advantage against a team like USF, in your opinion? Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see if that happens. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> Let's talk about USF. Um, you've viewed film on them. Uh, you think you have a good idea of what their defense is going to do, and, and you certainly know what your offense wants to try and do. So uh, what do you know about the Bulls and how they're planning on attacking the BYU offense? Yeah, you know, I'm super excited for this game. Um, you know, they've brought in a lot of a lot of transfers and a lot of talent from from other places across the nation, and and um, 
know, they seem to be piecing it together very well. And, you know, the guys that are even that, that are still there that, that were there before, um, you know, they're great athletes and, and they're very talented. And so, you know, we're just taking our planning very seriously and and um, hopefully in the end it will all pay off. So what's different about this year, this season? Because um, largely it's the same group of guys. But what's so what's different about the atmosphere around BYU football this year compared to years previously that you've been on the team? Um, you know, I, I think there have been some changes, but I, I think it's it stayed pretty, pretty similar to, to years in the past. And I think that's a good thing. Right. Um, we started a, a good culture here and, and, and that culture just continues to thrive. And, and we're we're doing what what is now known as, as BYU football. And we're trying to stay physical, stay tough, stay fast, stay aggressive and all that we do. So, um, you know, that culture is still still thriving here. So maybe you just partially answered my next question, but what is the strength of the offensive line? Um, I think it's just, you know, the more you can play together, uh, I feel the, be the better you, you're going to be. And so, you know, having guys that have played in, in multiple games, um, having, you know, what is it, like eight dudes that have played in games and, and played together for multiple seasons. And, and that just helps create continuity up front and, and, you know, it, it just helps us to, to play better together, which in, in turn helps, you know, the team play better. And so, you know, I'm just super excited to see how, how well we work together this season and, and see how that goes. As good as last season was and as solid as the offensive line was, and uh, Connor Pay corrected me, I think I said you gave up 15 sacks last year. He's like, no, Spencer, it was 12. It was only 12. He's yeah. very aware of details. I was like, okay, okay, I get it. Um <laughs> As, as good as that was, yeah. um, where do you feel like you need to be better statistically or in certain nuances of, of offensive line play? For sure. You know, um, there's there's many different aspects. Um, but just to point out the one that you were talking about, you know, sacks, we, we hope to never give up a sack, right? And so, you know, that's kind of our goal is to keep Jaron clean and, and let him – you know, do the things that he needs to do with the ball so, so that we can get up and down the field and score. And so, you know, keeping that pocket clean and, and creating holes for our running backs and 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 just doing the best job we can. Um, hard to quantify how much a team improves over a training camp. Um, I know you've been putting in work outside of training camp as well and, and player run practices and whatnot, but where do you feel like this team improved the most over the course of the last month? Yeah, um, you know, I just feel like everybody's confidence, you know, in each other and, and in ourselves, you know, has, you know, increased and in, and confidence in the scheme and in the plays and in just our knowledge of the game. I think I think that's where we've taken a a, a, a leap of just increase in knowledge and confidence in, in the game and in ourselves. So. so I've heard from a few players and recently read, as a matter of fact, um, from some different personalities around the team about Jaron Hall's demeanor in the huddle. And um, it's all obviously been very positive, yeah. but from your perspective and standpoint, what is Jaron Hall like in the huddle when you are in a game and it's intense? What, what is his demeanor like and, and what can you tell us about that scenario? Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's a good calming presence, you know, calming, but also full of confidence and so when we are put in certain situations, you know, you just 
when he talks or, or has something to say or even just his presence there, you're like, you know, we'll be all right. You know, we'll go down, we'll execute, we'll we'll do the things we need to do, and, and hopefully the outcome is is what we want it to be. So, Is Jaron Hall a backwards hat guy like you? He is. He is. <laughs> I love that swagger and confidence, man. <laughs> I, lo- I love it so much. Yeah. Okay. We'll uh we'll end with this. Um what's the rest of your week um at, at, with BYU football and practice and and travel like? Can you walk us through the timeline of the week? Yeah, so we have a couple practices here and we take off and head over there Thursday morning um and we'll, and we'll practice over there a couple times and prepare for the game and, and so that's kind of kind of the week for us, you know, start at school and so we're all going to classes and all that. <laughs> And practice here at the beginning of the week and then head over there Thursday and, and practice some more and, and prepare for the game. So plenty of time to do homework on a long flight, right? Plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Clark, uh, congratulations on getting through camp and uh, to game week. We're obviously excited about what the offensive line is going to do. Uh, perhaps more so than ever. A-, a lot of eyes will be on the offensive line. You guys have earned that attention. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go take care of business in Tampa against South Florida. You continue to rock that hat and that mustache, and I'll talk to you in Tampa, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Clark Barrington, very talented offensive lineman. Right now he's a projected third- to fourth-round pick, Jason. And if BYU has a good season, and Clark does what he did, did last year in terms of giving a very, very – few sacks and being part of a good line, obviously that's not going to sway. If BYU has a special season, maybe he sneaks up into that day two conversation he's a second or third round pick. Can I give uh, some behind the scenes I would love uh, that. info on that interview? Okay, so, that. so that interview was done in our office. Uh-huh. Um, Spencer and I share an office. And I remember, I remember because I was, I was working, I was doing football stuff that day. I was going through the, the press conference stuff. And you're like, do you, do you need me to go somewhere else and do this interview? Or am I good? Oh, no, 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 no. You do it right there. It's fine. Okay. Not thinking that when <laughs> the interview started, the way that your laptop was positioned, it was going to show the door. Yes. So as soon as you started, and about two or three minutes in, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I really need to use the restroom. <laughs> but I'm stuck. I can't go anywhere because it's, it's going to be right in the shot. Uh... <laughs> An early rising shout out to Jason Shepard's bladder so. <laughs> for holding on and not interrupting the interview. Well done. But look, I you like <laughs> the interview was important. That's what was most important. Steve, that's fist bump for that. That's Let's go. That's Let's go, about. man. That is exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's a about. big week. Yes. Jason's ready for a big go. week. He's prepared for a lot of things in our office. All right. Tomorrow, sixth ranked BYU women's soccer hosting Alabama yep. at Southfield. You can watch it live at 9 Eastern time on the BYU. BYU TV app or listen live on the BYU radio app. See, you're going to be part of that too. And coming up, i got a question for you. If BYU has any hope of making a New Year Six Bowl game, does Jaron Hall have to be a top 10 quarterback in the nation? This is BYU Sports Nation. portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is BYU Sports Nation. If you'd like to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, 
and TikTok. It's that simple. Follow us on all 17 of those platforms. Yes. Very, very simple. And in any future platforms that have yet to be created, <laughs> follow us on those Bring two. back Vine. He is Jason. I am Spencer. And Meerkat, right? Oh, Meerkat's my favorite. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, Spencer, 24-7 uh, Sports does not have Jaron Hall as a top 10 quarterback in the country. What? I know. Does Hall need to be a top 10 quarterback if BYU has any hopes of a New Year's Six game? No, I don't think he carries that much pressure on his shoulders. Though I do think Jaron Hall absolutely is in that top 10 quarterback conversation because he's a projected second round pick into the NFL. He's, he's there, but I don't feel like, oh man, if Jaron Hall's the 11th best quarterback statistically, BYU's got no shot of a New Year's Six game. This, this is all about the team. This is about the offensive line. This is about all of the weapons around him staying healthy, including Chris Brooks and his fullbacks and his talented tight ends and wide receivers. Like, Jaron Hall is the biggest part of this, but if statistically he's like, you know, 12 to 15 in the country, fine. BYU's good team, and we think they're going to be a great team. Then that is what's going to get the yes. Cougars into a New Year's Six yes. shot. Yes, hundred percent. That that's what's important, and he, you you hit on it. I don't, I don't know if he's going to have to be. I think he's more, certainly we know he's more than capable of doing it. And at the end of the day, the numbers may bear that out. But does he have to be? No, I don't think he has to be with everybody that he has around him. Big game boomer is back on the show. He has Jacob Conover. Speaking of BYU quarterbacks. Ranked the 45th best backup quarterback in the nation. This is a thing now, I guess. Is Jacob Conover being docked on that list in some way, Jason, because he drives a minivan? Uh, look, <laughs> we need to find out from Big Game Boomer where that fits on the scale in terms of you know how much weight that holds. Uh, I, I would think it would it would elevate. I would think a it would elevate. Yes, I You're would. Roll in if you've got your van and it's decked out in BYU wrap. Custom wrap minivan should vault him up as high as he can possibly go. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Jacob Conover wants to be underrated. Max Hall loves this. Max and Jacob love this because they feel like he's preparing to shock people. So keep it there. All right, you mentioned this in the headlines. The uh, the cuts cut down day in the NFL was uh, yesterday. Had to get down to 53. Uh, several Cougars were unfortunately uh, cut or waived. Uh, which BYU player that was cut yesterday would you bet rebounds onto a new team this season? Uh, I'm going to start with Tyson Williams. Stole mine. I'm, I'm going to go we with didn't Tyson even, We didn't Williams. talk about this. That was mine. Okay. Ravens, Colts, he's seen time. Like He's very prepared. He's been healthy, Jason, since all of his college injuries. Uh, we love to see that. I think Tyson is probably the most likely to rebound onto a new team. Mm -hmm. If we're just talking a team in general, I think Zane Anderson and Matt Bushman both at some point this season are both going to end up back with the Chiefs, at least on the practice. Yeah, I, I think the answer is Tyson Williams. Look, the, the league, if, if you have his skill set in terms of being that bigger running back, th that's what they need. I, I think people are, are going to pay very close attention to what his situation is. If he clears waivers, I think, I, I think he'll end up somewhere. Whether it's practice squad, on another team, wherever, Tyson Williams, I think, is the guy. All right. And we finish with a little bit of soccer. We opened up with a soccer promo in this segment. Now we get to where BYU women's soccer is ranked currently in the United Soccer Coaches poll, which is number six. Up three spots from number nine 
after beating Ohio State <clears throat> and then tying Colorado. When you saw number six, what was your reaction to that? Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I wondered what the 2-2 the draw was going to do uh, because that was the day before the rankings came out. And so for them to go from nine to six, I, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I don't know if I was being too reactionary, but after the tie against Colorado and the, the way it kind of like slipped away and it was on their home field, <clears throat> speaking of BYU, I just felt like they're probably going to slide a spot or two. I thought maybe number 10, number 11, um, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. But apparently the coaches are really valuing what BYU did at Ohio yeah, State. As they should. And frankly, when you shoot out shoot a team 42-6 to and beat them 2-0 and it's a road win, okay, I, I get that. So may, maybe it does make sense for BYU to jump up a spot or two. They didn't lose to Colorado. Now Colorado's ranked number 20. North Carolina, by the way, which handed BYU that exhibition loss early, they're number one. Well, They're the, the number one team in the country. The other thing that I really like about this, for those that thought maybe three was too high, I certainly thought nine was too low for this team. I think they're about right where okay. they should be right now. I feel like it's leveling. I, 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 think, I think it's evening itself out a BYU's little bit. BYU's still in the top ten. Yep. Pleasantly surprised. Good, good for them. And uh, two more big matches. You've got uh, Alabama Thursday and then uh, CSUN Take on Saturday. Business. That's right. All right, seventh-ranked BYU women's volleyball starts a busy weekend with a match tomorrow against in-state rival Utah State. You can watch the match live at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. And up next on BYUSN, it's the season debut of our Deep Blue segments. It all begins with Lopini Katoa. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio C on a Wednesday, three days away from BYU at USF to kick off the 2022 college football season in Provo, Utah. Uh, alongside Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton, and now we turn our attention to our first Deep Blue segment. After committing to Oregon State before his mission, Lopini Katoa didn't exactly expect his school and life to change while serving a mission in Missouri, but it certainly did. Then cancer hit his family, but he found faith in his relationships at home and with his team. Here's the first Deep Blue of the season featuring the senior running back. Been around a while. Deep Blue featuring Lopini Cotello presented by Brady Industries, Honestly Better. Dealing with change is something that I'm not good at in my life, but I've had a ton of practice at. Petey wasn't one to share his emotions a lot. He didn't complain about things. I love my family, you know? They're the people that mean the most to me. Me and my siblings were like, we're all super close. But I think it's through the struggles that we've been through in our lives that we're so close. Nobody wants to see their family end in divorce. Like, you don't want to see a family torn apart. I told him when he was on his mission, and I knew that would be difficult, but he just said, I trust you, Mom. You, you do whatever you think is going to be the best for our family and for yourself. You got a call home on Christmas, and I, that's when I was, it hit me, and I was just, like, torn apart. Just having to make two separate calls to talk to my family was, was definitely tough. I learned really fast, like, 
If you think that you have your life figured out, like, <laughs> just imagine God chuckling and, you know, like, just wait. It's crazy. It was one night we got home from just, you know, regular missionary work and just getting ready for bed. And then uh, I get a call from my mission president and, you know, that could be good or bad. You never know. So I, I answer and he's like, hey, we got your good friend on the other line. I told him it's okay if you guys talk. And so I talked to my coach and it was crazy. He just told me that he can bring us to BYU. He's going to help us write our letters because you have to get released from your last school if you sign. So he's going to help us through the process. So it was so nice to have a, a family friend, really, you know, like somebody who's been a father figure to help me get to BYU. He came back to two kids getting married, so he had two brother-in-laws. I think there was one grandchild born while he was gone, and then his parents separated. I remember coming down the escalator, seeing these uh, faces I really haven't ever seen before, and it was uh, really cool just to see how it's not what I thought it was gonna be, but it felt really good, you know, it felt right. And so, like, my life was flipped upside down. I, I'm coming to a new college that I didn't think I was coming to, but it was just, you know, goes back to what we we're talking about. It's just another, like, curveball that ended up working out how it's supposed to. So, at first it was uh, difficult and I had a lot of questions, but it felt like it was all happening the way it was supposed to happen. He got voted captain at a really young age. He was only a sophomore when he got voted to be a team captain. And that says something about his ability to lead. Gone through a lot in his career, a lot of ups and downs through injuries and his personal life. And just, he's a guy that just always has a smile on his face. And despite what he's gone through, he's one of the most like, likable guys on the team just because he, he carries himself in that way. When people are stressed out about their own life, I, I, it's interesting to see Lopini serve others during that time, you know, and, and I know that he's a concerned for his own family and his mother, but to see him reach out and help other people that are in need, that's special. That's the way his mom and dad raised him anyways. I was having some headaches. I was having some dizziness, but not really bad. All the tests they did were great. She's like, I don't, can't see anything wrong. Let's just do an MRI to be safe. The doctors ended up telling her that she had a tumor in her brain. I didn't want to be taken care of, so I was worried about how this would play out. And I was worried about Lopini because I knew he was getting ready to start his season, and so I said, should we just wait? Should I just take, get the tumor taken out later? And he said, no, don't wait, Mom. Just get it taken out right now. We'll be fine. I'll be fine. I can play football. Uh, and I was so worried because I was going to have to miss some of his games. My family's very much the type to step in and help when we can, but especially when it's with each other. But, you know, this, this is out of our control, and it's one of the first times it's like, we can't really control it, so. One of the practices, I just remember, like, he was having a rough day, and that was kind of when he opened up and was like, you know, I, some stuff at home is happening, and my mom's not doing too well right now, and. It was so hard for me to be motivated to come to practice that day and uh, to focus when uh, my mom, you know, my number one fan, number one support was, struggling and uh, trying to get back to functioning well. and That was something that, that definitely took a toll on me, but uh, one good thing that did come from that experience was just how much the relationships and the people that I've met since I've been at the Y, like how real those relationships are. When you see your brother hurting, obviously, you want to do whatever you can to help him, and that was something that I think definitely helped these guys out. They, 
grew a lot closer with Beanie and his family. My little sister, she's a, she's like a fitness instructor. Put a class together, you know, had like a little fun event for my mom before she had her surgery. And just had like a little donation, you know, option. And I was amazed and I was honestly touched and just super grateful for how many um, of my friends, my family, and then especially the, the people that I, you know, was with every day here at the school, because they showed up to the event, they donated out of their own pockets, and I just developed, a, you know, a stronger love for Cougar Nation, like the people at BYU, and was able to stop and just be grateful that I had, like, had the opportunity to be at BYU in the first place. His mom means everything to him, and, and so, it's cool to see everybody just rally around him and help him out through that time and for him to bounce back and you know just keep things going with football it's a testament of his work ethic and him pushing through trials and stuff it was cool to see that do you want to go through difficult things not usually but it's all a part of your story it's all what makes you who you are and definitely has made me who i am and lopini as well you know, all, all that matters to me really is, at the end of the day is my faith in my family, being with them and making sure that we're close to God and our Savior. You know, that's, that's really all that matters for me. And there's all these different turns in life. And as long as we all end up, you know, happy together, that's, that's it for me right there. Looking for big things from Lopini Katoa in Florida, because last time he played in Florida, Jason, he made one of the greatest catches I've ever seen by any <laughs> BYU player. Look, I, I love the Deep Blues. and They knock it out of the park, and that one was no different. Just, just phenomenal work and uh, a great story, and a, certainly a phenomenal person and an athlete here at BYU. Uh, another person that's easy to root for. Yeah, without question. Yep, no question about it. All right, BYU Sports Station game day gets the season started on Saturdays. They get you ready for BYU at South Florida. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan here in Provo. And then you can watch uh, Spencer Linton live from Tampa. They'll all be breaking down the matchup. Watch live at 2 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Pretty cool how they let me pet a real cougar, right, Jason, in that picture? Look, you are <laughs> the cougar whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know if I can respond to that. Uh, up next, a rise and shout out to the guys who made it at the next level. And there are a bunch of them. This is BYU Sports Nation. If you're looking to build your brand awareness and increase market share as BYU moves into the Big 12, this is the place, BYU, BYU Athletics. Athletics. We can provide the tools you need to make sure your company is seen and heard. BYU Athletics is where you can align your products and services with loyal fans that cheer for our Cougars. And they can also help your business win. Learn more about what a partnership with BYU Athletics and your company will look like. After all, this is the place. Email sponsorship at byu.edu today. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU radio apps today while you're there. Uh, you can uh, download your uh, favorite uh, podcast or your favorite podcast platform while you're there. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what is an acceptable final score 
in your opinion, for BYU against USF in Tampa on Saturday? At Pacha on Twitter says, I think the expectation to show BYU is deserving of a higher ranking will be to score 35-plus points and win by 20-plus due to the new staff at USF and our returning team. Now, there are new staff members at USF, but the, the same head coach it's remains. The, it's the same head Jeff coach. Jeff Scott's a good head coach. And a lot of the same players. Now, they're, they had brought in a, a lot of transfers. They obviously have a new starting quarterback, but there's still quite a bit of production back from last year's team. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I buy into USF being so new because of the new additions to the staff. I, I, I'm buying more into their returning production that they have. Yes. And then the addition of Jerry Bohannon. Or is it Gary It's Bohannon? Gary. It, it is, it is Gary, Gary Bohannon, yes. 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 Gary Bohannon. Uh, I've heard him called both, like, on and off several like times. Like, Parks and Rec immediately comes to mind, <laughs> Gary, Gary. I mean, it's, yeah. 35 plus. Listen, I'd be happy with 30 points. And a BYU win. I, I, that would please me uh, in a very, yes, it, it, it would make me very, very happy. What about a final score of 37 to 20? Don't, like, don't go like there. Like Bill Connolly just don't, say, just, just don't say the margin, okay? Okay. Uh, another response in from Granola Rhino. Apparently we're not using handles anymore. We're just using usernames, okay? Sure, why not? Okay. Granola Rhino on Twitter says, mm, BYU win, USF loss is a perfectly acceptable score to me. See, I agree with Granola Rhino. Look, we both ultimately agree. Just get the win. That's the important part here. <laughs> Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from James Cat on Instagram. 52-7, to BYU wow. needs to dominate this team. Empty the stadium by the fourth quarter. I'm not sure it's going to be a packed stadium at any point in the game. Yeah, it's an NFL stadium, so it's it's big. You know, based on what we saw last time BYU played at USF, and I know a difference is that it's a season opener, yes. so maybe excitement's a little more high. There were maybe, like, 16,000 fans in the stands. Will you be in the pirate ship at any point? Of course I will. Yes. Of course I will. I will go back. I've visited it before. I've toured I, it before. I know. I'm just yeah. asking if you're going to make a return trip to the pirate ship. Yar. Okay. Of course I am. Nope. Today's Rise and Shout, <laughs> presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU nope. Athletics. How about this, Jason? To all of the Cougars in the NFL that earned their spot on a roster. Yes, and those we hope will also find uh, homes as well. Our thanks to today's guests, Clark Barrington, and of course, Lopini Katoa and Deep Blue. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jamal Willis. See you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Hey, I'll be live in Florida. From, the, from the pirate ship. No. Ruby?